welcome to Listen in Worship for St. Michael's and St. Mary's churches on uh, Sunday the 16th of August, the 10th Sunday after Trinity. Uh, in our podcast this morning, we have the sermon and the hymn of the day. The sermon this week is preached for us by the Right Reverend Dr. Michael Beasley, the Bishop of Hartford. And the hymn of the day is sung by Gemma and she's accompanied by her mum, Cheryl. They go to St. Mary's Church in Meppishaw. I hope you enjoy the sermon and the hymn of the day. God bless you and thank you for listening. There was an Englishman, an Irishman and a Scotsman. When I was a kid, lots of jokes used to start like that. But I don't hear them anymore. And I don't think I could imagine telling one either. Have I come in old age to realise that the English aren't ultimately superior? That the Irish managed to be effortlessly sophisticated in a way I can only dream of. And as for the Scots, well, would you pick a fight with Mrs Sturgeon? I wouldna. And that's before I get anywhere near our increasing realisation of just how destructive it can be when we make decisions, however small, about people on the basis of what we assume their characteristics to be. Think about the black teenager who can't get onto the right course because his face doesn't fit. The World Authority University professor who's talked down to at the supermarket checkout because she's in a wheelchair. The 55-year-old man who can't get a job interview because he's reckoned to be past it. And we're learning that so often this stuff doesn't happen through overt, out-and-out discrimination, though sometimes, of course, it does. More often, it's by the drip, drip, drip of tiny acts of unconscious bias, which together make sure that people who are not like us, they don't get a look in. All this plays out in the drama of the reading from Matthew's Gospel we've listened to today. Jesus is with his mates travelling up in the area of Tyre and Sidon, where he meets someone who's described as a Canaanite woman. Jesus and his friends, they're all good Jewish men of the first century AD. They've grown up in a whole cultural worldview that reckons that as far as Canaanite women from Sidon go, it knows exactly what it's talking about. Something along the lines of, Oh yes, we know all about them. Who's the most famous woman ever to come out of Sidon? Jezebel, daughter of the king of Sidon, wife of our old king Ahab. Took a bad thing and turned him rotten, she did. Had him running round after false gods, murdering good people in the street for filthy gain. You want a prime example of every Canaanite woman that ever there's been? Look no further than Jezebel. Typical example. No better than she ought to be. And so Jesus meets a Canaanite woman on his travels. A woman whose reality is that she's desperate. She's got a daughter who's tormented by a demon. 
She must have tried everything before she swallowed her pride to go and see this itinerant Jewish preacher who comes from a group that despise people like her on sight, yet who everyone's saying might be able to do something for her child. The woman certainly tries to be polite, butters Jesus up, uses all the right language, calls him Lord, gives him the right title, son of David, speaks to him out of her pain and vulnerability. Have mercy on me. My daughter is tormented by a demon. And how does Jesus respond? Just like any other Jewish man of his day who's been formed in a culture which says that women like this are fast, dangerous, nothing but trouble and best at all costs avoided. So he starts out by ignoring her. Matthew says he did not answer her at all. Then his mates back him up. For goodness sake, get rid of her, they say. She keeps shouting after us, making a scene. This is very embarrassing. So Jesus seeks to brush her off. I'm so sorry, he says. I'm not here to help your sort. I'm only available to help my own kind. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And in the face of this, the woman keeps going with her plea. She doesn't slap Jesus or start shouting abuse at him. She kneels before him and says, Lord, help me. And then Jesus loses control of the internal monologue that's going on in the heart of every man who's had his upbringing, been formed by the stories he's heard, taken in with his mother's milk, the views that are held about the people in the world who are not like him and his kind. And he's very rude. It's not fair, he says, to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. That's what his people in their heart of hearts really think about people like her that they're not humans, they're dogs. It's not pretty, is it? And then something extraordinary happens. The woman, who must be up to here with this bloke, wallops him, not with her fists, but with her wit. Yeah, she says, quick as a flash. Well, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And her wit, her words, open Jesus' eyes, open Jesus' heart, open Jesus' mind to the fact that this creature of flesh and blood standing in front of him is not just a thing, a set of attributes. She's a human being, just as much as he is. And she melts him, opens him up to see that she is a person, just like him and the rest of his group, and that she needs his help. And out of that seeing, Jesus is enabled to respond to her, Woman, great is your faith, let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter gets healed. Maybe you're shocked, surprised by what I've suggested that gentle Jesus, meek and mild, could be rude, nasty and ignorant. If so, you'll be like many biblical commentators I've read who can't cope with this story at all 
and who feel impelled to go into all kinds of linguistic somersaults to explain it all away, that Jesus couldn't have been like that, didn't really mean what the plain text says. But I invite you just to sit with the tension of this story and to contemplate the idea that maybe Jesus was so human that he could be just like you and me. That he knew just what it was like to be formed within the bounds of a culture that enables us to say of them, whoever for you they might be, that I know just what they're going to be like and that in my darkest heart I'm not going to recognise them as people at all. That somewhere deep down inside there's potentially a rudeness a nastiness and ignorance that shocks me. What a thing to imagine. And might my prayer, your prayer today, be that our hearts should be pierced by one of these people, just as the heart of Jesus was pierced by this Canaanite woman's wit, response, surprise. A piercing that opened his heart, not to what he imagined he saw, but to the real thing. A real woman with hopes and dreams, vulnerabilities and strengths, quite the equal to his own or anyone else he really knows. And out of that, a whole new world begins. Amen. We